the Asco Leadership Podcast with Jeff Barton. Hello there, welcome to our podcast for May 2022. And we're going to focus on further education this time following my visit to the Western Group in Western Supermare, where you've got an outstanding college on various campuses doing all kinds of different things. And I just wanted to showcase some of the stuff we would assume that colleges were doing around apprenticeships, etc., around literacy, around numeracy, around building skills. But you've also got higher education, inclusion, and you've got, most distinctively in this case, prison education. Have a listen. So we're currently sat in our um, manufacturing engineering workshop and we have got 20 lathes, which are easily industry standard. We've also got 10 milling machines. And these are kind of the bread and butter of what any engineer will be able to use in in, in a workshop setting. Um, Learners are allowed to be quite autonomous in here, that they come in, they get their job cards, they produce their pieces, they get it inspected and test. It then goes to tutor for passing off and signing just like industry would. So any, even though we're training, we try to keep that industry process and practice in place. So it's a familiar thing when they do go into industry. And the courses these guys are doing will be apprenticeships, right? In the majority of cases, yes, they will be apprenticeships, be it two to five-year apprenticeships, depending on the pathways. And, and are you increasingly finding that young people are attracted by the idea of apprenticeships? Yes, vocational is becoming more and more and more popular now, particularly with things like the degree-level apprenticeships now, where you can do a degree that's that's very attractive. You don't have to go to university and rack up a big big bill. You can earn where you, you, know, where you learn, and that seems to be very popular at the moment. Um, there are some things that come in waves, uh, electrical on the construction side. Last year and this year, a huge intake of electrical. Um, that will die off a little bit, and then it will be plumbers, and then it will be engineers. It seems to be this, this reciprocal cycle. As every try and plug a gap, we then leave a gap in another area that needs filling up. So, but the vocational areas are always, always full so, to the brim. Which takes us to the heart of a question, really, about the skills and the way we teach skills in this country. Because the young people who come to you at 16 will, in the main, have had very little experience of technical vocational education in their schools because it's not on the school curriculum, essentially. Yeah. How are they making a choice that this is the right course for, for, for them? That's a good question, and that's something we've really looked at in, in quite depth, is, you know, I'm 40 and I still don't know if this is what I want to do, so how do you make that idea at 16? So, particularly in the construction side, we've looked at our Level 1 introductory project, and how do we make that more about shaping the individual rather than brickwork? So, particularly for next year, brickwork is just the camouflage that we want to do all the softer skills development we're going to put in uh, eight core values that we want to progress as an individual and how do they make them thrive as as a employee Um, but we'll do it under the guise of brickwork carpentry engineering and stuff like that that's kind of employability correct then they can make an informed decision about their progression afterwards and then do they want to be a carpenter bricklayer engineer and we can support them with that. And if they don't, that's absolutely fine, but we've given them enough skills to be able to take that next step or make an educated decision about what their next step is. I'm Sadie Skellen, and I'm an Assistant Principal and Director of Higher Education at University Centre Western, part of the Western College Group. And tell us a bit about that emphasis on higher education, the kind of learners that you've got here, the kind of courses you do, and why you're so proud of it. 
Okay. Yeah, we've got about a thousand different students studying with us on about 40 different courses and we offer a wide range of different courses. So we've got standard courses in terms of foundation degrees, full honours degrees, top-ups, as well as HNCs, HNDs um, and the new higher technical qualifications uh, begin in September 2022. So we're really excited about the digital one which starts first, followed then by health and also sport in 2023. Um, so we've got a wide range of courses to support students um, that are progressing from a wide variety of different areas. Um, inclusion and widening participation is the core of who we are, both within the Western College Group and also UCW. And so we want to enable anyone who has the potential to benefit to be able to progress to higher education. So we accept all kinds of level three and professional qualifications in order to enable students to progress to us. Um, and we will also recognise um, their experience as part of their entry in order to be able to gain access to higher education and be able to progress but as part of that we then know that we need to support that transition um, because some students aren't coming from academic backgrounds some of them have had many years of work um, and not been studying for a long time so therefore we do run some transition programs through the summer to help support that and also we've got an embedded academic development skills program so that we can uh, support students to get those study skills to understand referencing or what the difference is between a report and an essay and all of those different types of things so that we can support them uh, to really do well. And we are really proud because nearly 40% of our students get first class honours. Wow. So in recognising where the students start um, and where they finish and you know many of them go on to get um, high level uh, jobs and really make a difference, whether that's within the health service, the private sector, teaching education, you know, a whole spectrum of uh, different areas and so we we are really proud of that we're really proud that we can see students that start within the western college group at level one or level two and can progress right up to level six um, and because we're so committed to supporting students, we also screen everybody when they first arrive. So as part of induction, everybody does an initial assessment, which enables us to check whether they've got any specific learning difficulties or potential additional needs. And that does identify lots of people that perhaps were never identified at school as having um, a specific learning difference or some additional need that we can then put support in place and help them to thrive and achieve everything that they're capable of. I remember one day that a student, when I was sat down with them and talked to them about the fact that um, the screening had identified that they might um, have some level of dyslexia, and she said, oh, I always knew I was thick. And I was like, no, that's not what that means at all. It just means that you learn in a different way. And therefore, we need to adapt to help you to be able to learn and thrive. And it was amazing the day that she graduated and said, I never thought I could achieve this. And that's what we're about. That's what we want to do. Um, our, our strap line is about creating brighter futures. And that's what we want to do. We want to help people to achieve the future that, that they want to achieve and that they want to get to. Well, I think that um, commitment to inclusion is something you hear a, a, a lot from a lot of people. I think what has struck me today is how palpable that is. And, it, you know, when you when you drive to Western Supermare, you get a, a sense of a place which has got quite severe pockets of deprivation, mm. it must be said. And therefore, the way you've designed even the study areas and making sure those study areas are open because you've got learners who at home might not ha have somewhere to study yeah. is a very tangible way in which what you're doing is taking the, um, the ideology, as it were, of why inclusion matters and putting it into practice. 
Absolutely. About 48% of our students come from polar quintiles one and two. So they are the most underrepresented groups in terms of their progression to university. And we do have significant pockets of deprivation. Within North Somerset, we have five of the most deprived um, uh, wards in the UK, but we also have some of the most affluent. And that divide can be really significant. And we need to make sure that we're meeting the needs of the different students. And so, yeah, we make sure that we've got... Uh, laptop safe so that students can come in, they can borrow a laptop while they're in uh, university for the day, they can take all their notes, they can do their work on it, they can come and access the study spaces and computers that are here in their spare time. We make sure that we open late into the evenings um, to enable them to find that space. And uh, linked to that then, uh, nearly 30% have got a learning difference or a disability that they declare. And so as a result, we've invested in our specialist support staff so that we have those people here that can work alongside tutors to support the students so we take a really holistic approach to how we support people we don't outsource that support um, because that's not in the best interest of the students they don't then have the ability to come and have a conversation with the tutor and interpret um, an essay or really understand what's being asked to be able to explain that in a way the student can really understand and can do. Understood. One last thing, uh, Sadie, and <clears throat> what always strikes me as the best part of FE, in a sense, is the way it brings pride back to a community. And there's a couple of examples where you've taken the winter gardens here, looking out over the sea, and done something interesting both for your higher education learners but also for the community but similarly something you've done with a hotel can you just tell us those two anecdotes yeah absolutely so um, the winter gardens uh, had become essentially a derelict and abandoned um, uh, building and so the uh, the council allowed us to buy at a very low price um, and uh, on the basis that we transformed it and made it also available to the community so it's split into two sections the back enables people to um, uh, come in and access education and the front section is for the community. We have tea dances, we have charity events, we have weddings um, in that front space as well as our own celebratory events for our students including graduation or awards night. Um, and then the hotel um, we took on and it enables people with sight impairments to be able to come, stay by the seaside as well as other people to be able to come and that can provide some work placement opportunities for students um, as well as uh, supporting an income and, and uh, supporting the local environment and economy. I'm Andrea Greer. I'm Deputy Principal at Western College for Human Resources, Prison Education and College Reputation. And uh, how long have you been at the Western College Group? I have worked at the group for about 15 years now. Well, you can tell, Andrea, I'm blown away by the range of different things you do. And we're going to just talk about one thing you referenced there, which we haven't talked about ever before, I don't think, and that is prison education. T tell us a bit about that and how you came to be involved in it. OK, well, the college has had prison education contracts for 10 years. Actually, it's our anniversary this summer, the 1st of August. And previously, we had education departments in all 10 prisons in the southwest. Then the prison education framework contracts came out about four years ago, and we now have have overall 20 prisons. We have a further 10 in the southeast of the country and we have just started working with G4S in terms of mobilisation for the new super prison HMP5 Wells in Wellingborough and that actually took uh, learners from February this year and actually that is building up incredibly well as well. So 20 in total across the country. Well now 
For those of us who are interested in literacy, we know that there is a link, as a generalisation, but it's a, an accurate one, I think, in terms of the lack of literacy and people who are in prison. So I, I think probably I jumped to the conclusion, therefore, what you're largely doing is basic literacy and basic numeracy, but that isn't just what you're doing, is it? It certainly underpins everything. It's absolutely key, but it isn't just what we're doing. So the PEF contracts have a real focus on employability skills. So depending on what is needed in terms of where a particular learner might be being released to, we look very carefully at LMI and we work with the prisons who have the overall say in terms of what is delivered in that education department. And it's different in different prisons. So you may have some prisons where you have a lot of construction, a lot of, you know, multi skills, uh, plastering, those sorts of things, or you might have another prison where there's a lot of focus on catering, hospitality, that side of things. It really does depend on what the prison actually feel they need, and that is reviewed on a yearly basis in terms of whatever the curriculum is needed. So it's very, very proactive and it adapts very quickly to the need of the learners and and what the prison wants as well and just uh, say say something to me that you said earlier that actually for some of those people who find themselves in prison essentially what they're saying is that this is a kind of wake-up call to them and it opens doors for them if that's the right phrase yes absolutely i have spoken to many learners over the years who have said to me I have nearly lost everything, or I thought I had lost everything, particularly in terms of family links and so on, and obviously employment and all sorts of other things. And actually when they come in and they have that time to reflect, and actually they come into the education department, either maybe for the first time because they have not had a good experience in school previously, or actually it may be a learner who actually wants to return to education or actually is very interested in the contribution that they can make to other learners in the classroom. So we do have, and you'll have this in all prisons, you will have uh, prisoners who are orderlies and they may help in the classroom as well. And actually that's incredibly successful. And actually they take on a type of teaching assistant role. And actually what they do is they can gain a qualification and when they move to another prison as they go through their sentence plan, in many cases because they have that experience in one prison, they can then start that role in another prison. Yeah. Okay, just finally, we've been to three of the sites that your college group uh, has. Um, you've, got, you've got lots of sites doing lots of specialist stuff. And I think one of the things that struck me listening to Dr. Paul Phillips earlier on is that capacity to say, here's the things we will do, but also to rule out the things we won't do. It's a real sense on that. Last question, just from, from you, who's, lived, who's worked here for a number of years. What are you most proud of in terms of what the college has achieved I think it is the fact that we are a community college at heart. We are absolutely inclusive and the community that we serve is either here in Western or it's more widely across the prison network um, in the, the south of the country, in Wellingborough as well, and all the apprentices who we have in many cases all over the south of the UK as well. So it's the fact that it is inclusive, it is for everybody, but what we have, um, what we have done is we've created a very large group to service that community, whether it's the core 16 to 19 provision or whether it's apprenticeships or whether it's the SEND provision, um, you know, it's just absolutely vast in terms of what we do and all the other subsidiary companies as well as prison education. So we're very proud of it, but we are a college for everyone and that's what we're most proud of. Been a privilege to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Likewise. The Askell Leadership Podcast with Jeff Barton. 